So fill up your glasses and join in the song. The law's right behind you and it won't take long. So come, you coyotes, and howl at the moon till the blood upon the sawdust in the last chance saloon. Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolon Stutters Sputnik. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President Sent. Okay, so does everybody know why we four are gathered here today? We're gathered oh, here to review the cowboy thing, saloon, last chance saloon. That was barely English. <laughs> yeah, well, she's from California. Yeah, yeah dude, what's the fucking Actually, dude, problem? We have a saying in this country that also fits Terry, which is, she's from Barcelona. Which <laughs> <laughs> also no, fits I'm Terry when you think of Valencia, it. Valencia. Valencia. Ladies and gentlemen, here we no, are. No, that's Mexican. Gunfighters. I can't do an American accent. I'm shit. And then American, American accent. So were they? Allow me, American accent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to review the Gunfighters, starring William Hartnell and Jackie Lane, Peter Purvis. Were you imitating <laughs> me out? It was slow, Sam. Uh, written by Donald <laughs> Cotton. Donald Cotton also wrote Mythmakers. Produced by Innis Lloyd and interestingly directed by Rex Tucker. Now Rex Tucker, bit of a dark horse. He was kind of there just a little bit before Verity Lambert. There's a bit of contention there going on in the back of my brain. It's also rumoured that he was actually responsible for coining the name Doctor Who, even though he claimed obviously it was Sidney Newman who did. Anyway, dark, dark history of Doctor Who, which I'm sure will come out in some TV special on the 50th anniversary, but keep your eyes open for Rex Tucker in the TV special. So I'd like to start with the ratings, because I never get to start with the ratings. Can I start? Please do. As you know, I rate mine to every other episode of A Doctor's Tenure, and therefore I will give it $10 flat, $10, no tips, no taking it out on a pimp with a stick afterwards, or anything like that, just flat. <laughs> Ten dollars. I really need to research prostitution and oh god damn it! Real Sputnik always comes out with the funniest expressions about prostitution that because I know more about hookers at the last chance saloon. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry, but I'm giving this a whatever's above a free blowjob. Five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. Just flat five. Yeah. Uh, Okay. San Mundo. Oh, this is. A free BJ and she forgot her dentures. Oh, it might be a she. It's Bangkok BJ from the San Mondo. <laughs> I'd have to give it a ten as well. Maybe the taxi fare oh. home. Okay. 
Parent, what's wrong with you people? There's a lot. No wonder you're up to debt. You people pay for this shit? Compared to the rest of it, we're not. Anyway, we digress. It's your last chance of burning your gunfighter's fee. The pay is in dollars, but the bullets are free. It's your last chance of cussing at a gunfighter's due. It's your last chance of nothing. It's the last chance saloon. This, for me, it's a comedy episode. It's written as a comedy episode. It's performed as a comedy episode. There's even lines in it which say, hey, this is a comedy episode, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why so many people have a problem with gunfighters. Everybody seems to like to pick on it. And I'm looking forward to hearing Sen come out with a rational argument, for once, as to why this is as bad as it is. Yeah, it's got the song in it, but the song does actually kind of tie it all very well together so that you don't end up with a load of stupid exposition about whose brother's who and why he just got shot and all this kind of crap. And yeah, he's wearing a ridiculous shirt all the way through it, you know? And Dodo's dressed like a knob hound as well, and there's, there's loads of convoluted <laughs> stuff goes on, but it's a comedy, and it's really played over the top for the Americana with big moustaches. Yeah, they've got bad accents. A couple of the actors are a fucking travesty. Really, really bad acting going on, but at the time, you can tell it's just the first take, because it's been the end of the day. We all know how it is. When it comes to the whole Hartley era, there's worse episodes than this in the Hartley era, surely. Surely. Yeah. Like what? Um, no, admittedly, nothing off the top of my head. <laughs> Mr. Mind, but I'm no Hartley. The second ever. episode is an unearthly child. That is awful. One with a caveman. <laughs> oh, oh episode. I'm willing to bet more historically accurate, though. <laughs> It's not a fantastic episode, no, but I certainly don't think it deserves the bad press it gets. In fact, if anything, it's quite fun. Do you know this is only the second time I've seen this episode as well? You amaze me how much you forgive classic Doctor Who. Just because it's classic Doctor Who, you'll just forgive any crap. Well, yeah, I expect better from modern production values where there's no excuse for the things that there's an excuse for with older Who. You're right. God, you've got an answer for everything. God damn it. I have an answer for everything at the last chance saloon. Ah! You've a good chance of swinging it, your last chance to hide it, your last chance of singing till your long last ride it, your last chance of cussing at your hard-earned doom, it's your last chance of nothing, it's the last chance alone. Butters, I think everything you said is true, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's really boring, predictable, and I just couldn't keep my attention as an adult. But maybe this is really fantastic if you're five or six and it's got the song and your favorite characters are singing and it's the doctor. But as an adult, I was just, ugh, didn't work for me. I wouldn't tell anybody, yeah, go check out this story. It's really fun or it's entertaining or it's funny. No. Do you not agree that it was a comedy episode, though? Yes, I do. So it wasn't done seriously? No, it wasn't done seriously. However, it didn't really make me laugh or anything. It was just... Has there ever been a good comedy episode? There must have been, but, you know, I have a terrible memory. I I can't off the top of my head. But there again, I don't like comedy with my dog to who. I actually thought this was one of the most harmless comedy episodes, and that's because we're looking at it with older eyes. I like comedy with my Doctor Who. I think it's fun. One of the things that I liked about Tom Baker is that he was really funny sometimes. Yeah, it's funny when someone says, I found her floating down the Amazon in a hat box. That's fun. Mm -hmm. But it's wrapped up in something that isn't a comedy episode. Right, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, this was just fully just comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But it just wasn't that funny for a comedy not on purpose, unintentionally not funny when it was trying to be funny. It was 1966. Know you know, what was funny? 
How <laughs> the bras? Lots of, <laughs> lots of things, I'm sure. I've yeah. seen good comedies from I the sixties. You know, of all the historical things to base a comedy around, could they have maybe chosen better than one where the entire family dies in cold blood at the end? Could they have chosen better subject matter for a comedy historical? Yeah, but they did make the point of the doctor constantly saying, "I don't want to use a gun. I don't want to use a gun." Yeah, and it's probably the first time he does that. It's funny because Ulan said, oh, this is a straight-up comedy episode. And, you know, it never entered my mind until (laughs) Because I guess when an episode, and don't get me wrong, I've laughed at Doctor Who. I've damn near fallen out of the chair at Doctor Who Mm -hmm. in the past. Shouldn't you laugh once or twice if it's written to be a comedy episode? And I guess now that you've said its intention is to be a comedy episode, I think it's even more shit than I did before. Because it utterly fails at everything Doctor Who tried to do during that era. And, okay, so trying to do something different. And it fails there, too, because it just wasn't funny. I might be wrong. It might not have been intentionally a comedy episode. I was just presuming that it was intentionally a comedy episode because it's so comedic. It's played very light, isn't it? It's it's not played straight. It does put a lot of what you say in perspective, and it makes more sense that way. It just doesn't work any better. It still just utterly fails. There's so many things that are wrong with it. It's like it was played for laughs and they chose this setting. And you know what? I would have less of a problem with that episode if it was written today. Because the modern day Doctor Who doesn't do historicals. And this was plopped into the middle of an era where a lot of these episodes were presented as historical educational shows for children. Not 100% accurate. I know none of them were. But they were presented as a way to get kids interested in history to draw them in and they were mostly accurate and they plopped the reluctant time lord and his companions into the middle of this big historical situation and it doesn't work in that era ulan has started this thing which i guess i kind of agree with that you're grading episodes against other ones from the era and this was broadcast just a month or two after the massacre which as a historical i've never seen but i've read and it was quite good it was broadcast a couple months after the daleks master plan which again i've only seen part of it but the true sci-fi classic i mean even if you don't take the hartnell era as a whole even if you just take this season we had a couple great historicals celestial time makers some great episodes yes celestial time great sci-fi great historicals mind you, you've also got the savages in this season as well Yes, and you have the War Machines, which is great sci-fi social commentary. Mm -hmm. Well done. It's just shit by any way you look at this. It's crap. (laughs) It was poorly acted, and I wasn't even going to bring up some of the stuff that Ulan, you brought up. (laughs) You were talking (laughs) like you thought it made it quaint, and I'm sorry, it made it shit. Yeah, but don't forget, in this country, we actually thought that Perry was American for a very long time. Uh, The accents, I completely forgot about that. It's just so bad. God, what accents? The guy was from, like, North London. I know. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Actually, Doc Holliday wasn't too bad. I actually thought throughout the episode his accent and his acting was Mm -hmm. actually decent. But the rest of it... Yeah, you're right. Well, let's not even get started on the Clancy's. Oh, my God. And... They were more like the Fink brothers, weren't they? Their accents were just all over the place, yeah. I like it when new things are introduced as part of a companion. You know, you learn about this character for the time they were on. And the Hartnell era was actually really good at at flushing out companion characters. Mm -hmm. You do not play piano like that and have it be brought up, just mentioned as something. Oh, yeah, I play a little. Okay, fuck off. 
I'm a piano player, and to play ragtime like that, you're sitting in front of a piano for three hours a day, six days a week. That's a yeah. son of a bitch. I'm sorry, you <laughs> just mentioned that this companion happens to play a little piano. No. <laughs> that really annoyed me. That annoyed the fuck out of me, that whole scene. I was just like, okay, this is well, just least- pure bullshit. Dodo was from a very different time, though, where it was okay for companions to hit every branch of the ugly tree on the way down. (laughs) You do realize that Stephen actually played better. No, actually, he didn't. It was the same person playing, because I'm sure neither of them can carry a tune in a bucket. The very beginning, didn't Stephen say, no, I can't play, and they threatened him, and he was like, what am I the fucking going to do? Yeah, and then... oh, I can play. Oh, look, I can play. Yeah. Well, if someone fucking threatened me with a gun, I'd spontaneously learn to play piano. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't, because being in front of a thousand people is way worse than being in front of a gun, and it still doesn't work shit. Well, I think shit bricks build a wall and hide behind it, then, which pretty much is fucking impressive. Trust me. I would have a crack. Every plot point was like that in this. I don't know what it was played for, laughs or history or what. Stuff just appeared in the plot. There's like 25 people in this town, right? And all of a sudden, everyone mistakes the doctor for Doc Holliday. Great. Okay. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, no one does anymore. And I get that it was part of the plan, but it was the exposition was terrible. The plot's full of holes. They played it for laughs. It wasn't funny. I I guess I don't see what's funny about entire families being killed. Let's choose a lighter historical theme if you're going to do that. Now, some of the other Hartnell historicals were played for laughs a little bit. What was the one where the doctor got married? Was that the Romans? No, that's the Aztecs. Oh, Aztecs. Mm-hmm. The Aztecs, right. Another one that I've never been able to see, I've had to read. Yeah, some of that was played for laughs, and when it was, it was played lighter. The tone was wrong, the acting was crap, it just, nothing worked. Hmm. And against the rest of that season, which is your own criteria, Ulan, I'm sorry, <laughs> putting the gunfighters against the Daleks' master plan, yeah, fuck it. It's a free BJ. Well, it's only a free BJ if it actually stoops that low. It's still conceivable that a whole series could not stoop below a 10 for me. And this is probably the low point in the series, but I can't take it below a 10. I just quite enjoyed it. found it light-hearted and, hey. I cannot remember the last time I've had this hard of a time making it through an episode. actually loaded the Second Life Marketplace and started browsing for robes for my <laughs> avatar because it was more entertaining watching the Marketplace crash. I think that's a bit harsh. There's gamblers from Denver, there's guns from the south, and many a cowboy with a dry, dry mouth. There's a ragtime piano in a small back room for to sleep off your troubles in the last chance saloon. Well, I have to fess up. I've been a very naughty pixie. I didn't do the homework because it's not really that long since I actually watched Gunfighters. Earlier this year, we got as many of the Hartnells on DVD as you can get. and We sat and watched them. Yeah, I mean, okay. the two big things are the accents and the song. The song is a good idea, badly executed, because it's just used too much. Can I ask, do you think it's way too much if this was split over four episodes, though? I think if you're watching this over a month... Yes, and it's too bad. Yeah, it's not. So I think it's just a format we've watched it all in one go, where it could possibly be too much. That was my rational voice. I hope you will appreciate that. That, That's quite rare. (laughs) That was very good. Thank you. very good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to mute now so I can scream. (laughs) (laughs) 
thing I don't get is the casting. I mean, the person who's singing the song is Linda Barron, most famously known in this country, of course, as Nurse Gladys Emanuel in Open All Hours. And I mean, back in 66, she was a cracking bird. And why they couldn't have just employed her as Doc Holliday's girlfriend, as A, she'd have been a better actress, and B, she could have just belted the song out as and when required, on set, I, I just don't get. Maybe she was asking for too much. I wouldn't have thought so, not at that point in time. Yeah, the accents were god-awful, but I always just assumed that in 1960s London there weren't any American actors, or none that they could afford, so they just roped in anybody who could stand upright and say their lines most of the time, no matter what yeah. accent they came out with. To be honest, in 1966, like fuck we'd have noticed. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have tons of American viewers. Why would they even worry about American viewers perceiving anything wrong with the accent? Exactly. We don't now. Because <laughs> when you do something, you do it right. That's why. Or it don't was, fucking yeah. talk. No, you don't. You do it within budget and to the best of your ability, yeah. which in 1966 is very different to now. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Stephen as a companion. I think he's great. Dodo, obviously there aren't that many surviving of her, and she wasn't as bad in this as she is in some of the other ones, to be quite honest. Hartnell was pretty good in this one as well. So I think really on the strength of those three and the way that they work is why, as far as I'm concerned, this one has to have a 10. Yeah, there's a whole load of shit going on around them, but they're actually working pretty well together, actually, despite the story and the other actors. And... I don't know. I just found it quite charming the first time I watched it. Yes, it's a bit of an odd subject, but then, you know, you've also got Hartnell giggling and thoroughly enjoying the fact that he started the Great Fire of Rome. So, you know, in, in a lot of ways, this is a lot less tasteless than the Romans. <laughs> I remembered all my lines. I own Sainsbury's, you know. <laughs> yes, William, that's right. Everybody's happy. Shake your meds. Go on, William. <laughs> So yes, it's flawed, but it's not the worst Hartnell. It's not the best Hartnell by a long way, but it was quite entertaining. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> it's your last chance of boozing where there's no one to mind. It's your last chance of losing and the first place you find. Okay, so that was us reviewing... The gunfires. We kind of didn't really rate it that much. It was all right. Some of us thought it was all right, but most of us thought it was shit. And to be honest, I don't really care enough to disagree with the others. Nah, it is a bit shit, really. But yeah. it's still from a great time. It's really hard to get hold of, so probably nobody will force you to watch it. Lucky you. If you can possibly drag yourself towards YouTube, just go and check out the song and see if it doesn't fucking haunt you till the end of your <laughs> Yeah. Brain it. Hey, hey, I'm going to read out that poem that I wrote and see if it works. Where is it? Hang on. Oh, okay. that's beautiful. Yeah, I really like the rhyming that you did at the very end. I want to see how that works. Okay, uh, hang on. There we go. So it would be, <clears throat> Sputters was ambivalent. Sen thought it was tripe. We raised our glasses anyway and met up over Skype. Terry forgot the rating system. Fuchsia had a moan. We all came together over the last chance saloon. You know what's Alone. best about that poem is that he actually wrote it before the episode and he knew it was mine. We were all going to do <laughs> Right on. <laughs> We've gotten rather predictable, I think. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to roll the wheel of who this time. We will roll the wheel of who next time. Next time, we are going to do a short review of what's been on telly of late, the few episodes that have graced our screens. Asylum of the Daleks, Dinosaurs on a Plane, a town called The Last Chance of the <laughs> Power of Whatever, and The Angels Take the Piss. <laughs> We'll be reviewing all of them, all of them, damn it, in one go as an entire season next episode. I'm not going to give out loads of thanks to our friends, fans and followers this time. I'm going to do one very special thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please raise your glasses to the prof, the man who asked tirelessly whenever we dump this shit upon him. To the prof. (laughs) God bless you. And all who sail in him. You've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Someone told me that Skype was designed for, uh, for Nazi. Yeah, yeah, Hitler had it.